Welcome to episode one with Michael and Eric, the podcast where we watch the first episode of a streaming exclusive show and talk about it. I'm Michael. And I'm Eric. And this week, we watched The History of the World Part 2. On Hulu. Hulu. I'm a big boy. I need big boy pants. Um... I somehow knew that was going to be the thing you were going to say because yeah. I've been staring at it ever since you started. <laughs> Let me peel back the curtain because you've edited out the wait time it took for you to find that quote. Yeah. Um, I've been staring at it ever since then and I was going to interject and I was like, now let's see where this goes. <laughs> but then I started looking further down my list and I was also positive it was going to be if I'm not going slurp, 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 I'm eating soup. <laughs> Uh, another one was, you're so smart and don't get me started on that body. <laughs> so, we both very much enjoyed this, I'm assuming. Yeah. Uh, it is another one of those shows where I was concerned that it was just going to be us repeating jokes that we liked I'm the still, whole time. I'm still not certain that's not happening, but go on. If that happens, we might as well just get the script and read it because that thing was like hilarious joke after hilarious joke. It was very Mel Brooksian in that it was just a constant stream of jokes, including from background characters like shit. You would just hear in the background. Somebody I I, I fucking wrote something down. I can't even remember. Um yeah, I can't find it, but it's just like shit happening in the background and you'd hear it and it was just a setup for another joke and then just constant like there there was it never stopped. Yeah, this was so funny that this might be like you remember when we ranked our top episodes that we've watched for this podcast. When we do that again, this is going to be either at the top or near the top, I'm sure. I don't know if it's quite there for me. Um because so it's a sketch show oh yeah let's tell everybody what it's about it's a sketch show i did you ever watch history of the world part one no so i've never really been that into mel brooks i appreciate mel brooks and like all the you know joy he's brought to the world i think he deserves every bit of recognition and every award he's won just never clicked with me really yeah so like space balls space balls especially Really? Yeah. I like, so I like the producers and I like Young Frankenstein. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I like um, the cowboy one. Blazing okay. Saddles. Yeah, Blazing Saddles. I like that one all right. And then after that. Eh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what it is. I think maybe the Spaceballs thing was because it came out when I was a kid. And when I was a kid, I wasn't into Star Wars. I saw Spaceballs before I saw Star Wars <laughs> and still appreciated the hell out of it. <laughs> it feels a little like my appreciation for Weird Al when I was a kid because most of those songs I heard from Weird Al before I ever heard from oh. anyone else. Um, I'm trying to think of like shit. That's how I learned all the words to Bohemian Rhapsody because he had that the Bohemian polka that was just a polka version of Bohemian <laughs> Rhapsody. But like I know the words of that song only because of Weird Al and shit. Mel Brooks is the same way. Like a lot of his movies, I, I saw before I ever saw the things that they were lampooning or parody parodying. Yeah, 
Uh, speaking of Weird Al, did you ever watch Weird? No, still not yet. Dude. <laughs> still not yet. Um, yeah. All right. Okay, let's get back to what this show is about. I, I don't know if the History of the World Part 1 was this, but this is... I think it was. I think so, too, but... This is a series of sketches just about different historical periods written by all of these same actors, as far as I can tell. Like Mel Brooks was obviously involved, but like when you saw that writer's list, it was everybody that we saw. It was just all. So I imagine a lot of this quite possibly improv, just like shit that was said in the moment. So good. And uh, this is the I think the only show that we've watched for this podcast that made me say, wow, out loud. What made you say what? Uh, this might be lame, but this is what made me say wow out loud. Uh, Rasputin comes on, and I'm like, is that Johnny Knoxville? And then like two two <laughs> sketches later, they do... They do Jack Ras? They, they do, yeah, they do a, a Jackass parody with them starring Rasputin. <laughs> like, because like, Rasputin was notoriously hard to kill also. And so, also how he died was, yeah. Yeah, so... That's so funny. I would like when he came on and they did that. Not only was I astonished at like how good that was, but I was astonished like they just brought Johnny Knoxville in and were like, you can be in a Mel Brooks thing if you let us do a jackass parody. And Johnny, I know Johnny Knoxville is probably like, fuck yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's, yeah. I'm pretty sure he said fuck yeah before he heard the second half of that sentence. Like, fuck yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I'm sure everybody in this, as soon as they, Mel Brooks was said to them, they're like, I'm in. Yeah, the when it was clear that they're doing a jackass parody, I I laughed. But what had like at this point, I had already told Kathy was getting ready for work as I was watching this, and she came down the stairs at one point in time. I said, "We're fucking watching this show." Yeah. Um, but the shit she had already left by the time uh we got to that jackass bit, and I just died laughing at the like, I'm Rasputin, and this is getting stabbed in the back nine times and getting thrown in the river getting or whatever it was, and then just that's that's all it was just him getting stabbed and chucked in the river, and then sketch done. Every other sketch was at least a few minutes, and so I was wondering how they were going to draw this out, and they didn't. They said they did the joke, and then it was done. It was so good. I messaged you earlier that. The first sketch, the Civil War sketch, I laughed out loud the entire time. The guy that was playing Abraham Lincoln was also clearly just playing John John, uh, John Mulaney. Like, yeah. I, I, multiple times I was like, that's not actually John Mulaney, is it? Because he sounded a little like him and his joke style was very John Mulaney. I recognized him. I thought I might, but I couldn't be. I was actually looking that up while we were waiting for the recording and then I never got around to it. My, uh. Oh, you're looking that up. Yeah. My first note was, uh, Mel Brooks looks good. And then <laughs> they, they, they do like a digital enhancement of Mel Brooks. He's one of his conditions to make this show was that they had to digitally enhance him to look better. Uh-huh. And it's just him with a young face and young head and this real big physical 100 body. Uh-huh. And he t- rips his shirt off. And like, does he like do the peck thing that um, Terry Crews does? I think so. Yeah, that's great. But uh, as an old man, he looks good too. He's got to be like ninety. He's he's in his nineties. I think he's ninety three. Wow. I think he's in um, Veep. I think he's in Veep. Timothy Simons. I'm looking him up right now. He is in Veep. He plays Jonah Ryan. Whoever that is. 
I've never seen Veep. It's on my list to watch. I'm looking at other stuff he's been in, but nothing seems. Oh, uh, we got to be more conscious of talking into the microphone, it looks like. Yep, fair enough. <laughs> we just got uh, some new equipment, so hopefully this sounds better. And hopefully um, the outro is okay. Why? Because <laughs> it recorded from the laptop mic Oh, that's right. That, that, God damn two it. Two weeks in a row. How did it happen the second time? I, I don't know. Um, yeah, Abraham, That that so that first sketch was all about the civil civil war and it was about ulysses s grant being a drunk played by ike Barinholtz, and it was basically just ike Barinholtz doing a ron burgundy impression yeah it was very funny and it was abraham lincoln like being very tall <laughs> and just bitching about how tall he is <laughs> which is valid i felt a lot of that pain like when he was hitting his head uh we went to greece last summer and over there, things were a lot smaller than over here. Like, I felt like Gandalf in Bilbo's house. I was winging my head on everything. I ended up with a gash on my head at one point from just, like, turning and trying to walk through a door and banging my head on the top of it. It was nuts. <laughs> so I felt that pain. That was funny. I really enjoyed uh, his interactions with his son. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he's asking Ulysses uh, as Grant to allow his son into the army, um, but to like keep him safe. And, and as his way of showing his combat readiness, he was like, watch this. And then he plays got your nose with him. He's like, what have I got? What have I got right here? My nose. <laughs> Can you reattach it? Can you reattach it? The next uh, sketch was Kumail Nanjiani pitching the comic. Did he call it the Kama Sutra or did he call it what he should have called it, which is the Kama Sutra? He called it the Kama Sutra. Okay. I didn't hear that, but I definitely came to that joke on my own. And that joke was brilliant. Like, I don't know how nobody's done a Kama Sutra thing before. And it's just like the different sexual positions but with different soups, soups and how the soups incorporate it. So like egg drop soup is the one that's supposed to get you pregnant and... Uh, like like things along those lines and it was so funny and i was just like this like like if you want to teach the butthole of soup yeah if you want to like teach sketch comedy i think you just show somebody that sketch that sketch was so good also, you really thought they were going to do that whole sketch and Mel Brooks wasn't going to go at some point. Wait a minute. Come a soup truck. We're doing soups. I don't. I didn't think that. I had the thought after the sketch was done. I was like, I was typing down Kama Sutra. And I was like, ah, Kama Sutra. I don't remember them saying that. They probably did, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> like the the jokes. This It was. You say that's a brilliant premise. But I think if I anybody listening to us talk about that premise. That sounds like a dumb fucking sketch. That sounds really dumb, but it was yeah. so fucking funny. Yeah, uh, I guess maybe brilliantly executed. Like just saying, "Hey, Kama Sutra" sort of sounds like Kama Sutra. That that's nothing, but like, but it was all the execution, and yeah. Kumail was the perfect guy for it. Not because he's Pakistani, but because of his delivery. His delivery on every one of those yeah. was fucking perfect. Yeah. Just this like. 
fucking just stupid innuendo voice like the butternut squash um it's a sexual position where they butter your nuts until you squash (laughs) which was just this show was really well performed uh nick kroll did a really good job i thought nick kroll just played his jewish guy character which he plays to perfection for sure yep rasputin was great although the only so the one th- I, I guess the one thing I appreciate about this is a lot of Mel Brooks, Brooks jokes don't always land for me as an adult yeah. anymore, typically, like in, in some of his more recent stuff. I can't remember the last thing he made, but I remember watching it just going like, I, I get it, Mel. Like, it's the same sort of uh, hacky sort of jokes or whatever. But this was just funny start to finish with the exception of one joke, which was the first Russian revolution sketch and Rasputin was teleporting in. And the joke was that he was, he like poofed out in a fart. Um, yeah. Cause he's dressed Putin. Yeah. Well, but that was the jo- joke that fucking, uh, what's his name made. Yeah. Rasputin. And I just, I rolled my eyes so hard at that and almost immediately turned off the shit, not turned off for good, but definitely was just like, uh, that's so fucking bad. Did you know that Mel Brooks is an EGOT? Uh, I didn't know that, but it doesn't surprise me. What was his Tony? The producers. Uh, fucking, yeah. Yeah. I got to think most of them are f- the producers. I think he just made his movie, The Producers, into a musical and what an E got off of it. It was the first entertainment entertainer to complete his E got in the 21st century. He won the last award in the group, the Tony. Yep. Good God. Um, The last award in the group was the for writing the book and score and producing the 2001 Broadway adaptation of the producers. He won his first Emmy for writing a comedy special. Oh, yeah. The Sid Caesar, Imogene Coca, Carl Reiner, Howard Moore special. A year later, he won an Oscar for the producers. He also won three more Emmys for Mad About You. For being on Mad About You. Oh. And then he won his three Grammys. The first in 98 for his spoken comedy album. The Discovery of Fire was appropriately short, but appropriately funny. Mm-hmm. Like the cave women all uh, uh, seemingly figuring out how to roll a joint first before discovering fire. Yeah. Like, well, we got to set this on fire and inhale and it. And just a lot of time spent, like, looking at the sun, trying to figure out how that to work. And it's bashing rocks together, not quite getting that to work before one of them realizes, oh, I've got a lighter. Uh, I really enjoyed the Williams Shakespeare sketch, mostly because Josh Gad sold the hell out of that. Like, he was fucking perfect. He was perfectly cast for that. Yeah. The William Shakespeare sketch was... William Shakespeare walking into his writer's room and yelling at everybody about how they're writing his plays wrong, including Sir Francis Bacon, who tries to invent the musical. Who tries to invent the musical. I don't know who, I don't know the actress's name, but the woman that was dressed as a man. Yeah. Um, but she was really fucking funny in this, like her walking in. and <laughs> I'm a man. I My, my penis itches. <laughs> well, I wasn't quite sure until they said that. I have a love story. It's about two white people. <laughs> well, See, that's, now, that's relatable. <laughs> it made me, especially at, so the last sketch they did, the, the big thing that uh, fucking, oh my God, Jesus Christ, Mel Brooks said at the beginning was he had to 
be he had to look good so obviously they did the cgi or what everybody else said we can't do any repeat sketches but then the last sketch they did according to his voiceover was a repeat and it was hitler on ice um and that sketch was so fucking funny to me that that made me convinced i do need to go back and watch yeah i was under the impression well obviously because of the commentators that they just took that footage of hitler ice skating Correct. and then made a sketch around i it. believe that to be yeah. true but the idea of that was so funny to me that I needed to needed to check it out. If you put concentration camps in people's countries, you better be flawless on the ice. Yep. <laughs> Poland gave him a fuck you as a score. Yep, zero zero zero. Oh, a ten from France. <laughs> zero zero zero. Oh, and a fuck you from Poland. <laughs> yeah, Wanda Sykes being in that sketch was perfect. Like she just brought the very direct and very fuck you energy from it all. It yeah. Was, I love Wanda Sykes. Yeah. She's going to be in more of this, I'm pretty sure. So Yeah, I, I think a lot of these actors are. Um, I was just on the IMDb page, and a lot of them were in all six episodes. So Yeah, really good show. Really well-written, really well-performed all around. Less less well-performed by us the second time through for yeah. this podcast, but still funny. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Are we ready for... Our next perfect match update. I don't think I can possibly be ready, but remind me where we ended last time, because if I remember correctly, they didn't do. They didn't bring in new people at the end of last episode. Yeah, yet. they brought them in at the beginning of this one. Um, OK. So I just want to start off. I don't know if I can do this. I know I made a promise. I'm probably going to fulfill. OK. Here's where I'm at with this show. Okay. But this show, I think, is a poison on society, and I can't watch it and let Netflix think that I'm one of the people that they need to keep making this for. Like, if people watch this show, they're going to keep making more of it. And this show, I don't know. The fact that everybody... That has been on a reality dating show for Netflix is still single, says something to me. And the fact that this show is like, hey, let's all find our uh, true loves. And it's really just like, hey, let's all win a game and fuck along the way. It's let's get into. Has Thor shown up yet? Not yet. And I hope they I hope they're on the show together. Oh, Nick and Inez. They're getting closer. Okay. Uh, Inez does the thing where Nick... Oh, Nick gets sent on a date. And um, somebody else gets on a, on a date. Not important. Nick and Inez start getting closer. And so Nick is talking to his date. And Inez starts like trying to go after him. And I don't understand why there's seven women in the house and five are going home that they all the women start trying to shake up their shit. I think just keep your head low and just hope that you get <laughs> you get picked. Oh, God. I think it helps if you realize that just in the fact that they signed up to do this show already calls into question their intelligence and i'm not just saying like they're book smarts but i mean most facets 
of agreed upon intelligence. Like there's just a lot of really dumb decisions that have to get made to get on this show. So if you stop thinking that they're doing any of this strategically, they can say they're doing this strategically all they want. But most of these people are very dumb. I guess there's two main things in this episode that I just need to get out there. Okay. There's an update on Toothgate. You remember when Chase gave Carousel a one and claimed to chip his tooth? Uh-huh. Bizarrely claimed to have chipped his tooth. In the second episode, he admits that, or I guess in the next episode, he admits that that's not what happened. And he was just giving her a low rating. So his, so him and his match got a higher rating than her and her match. And, uh, okay. I still don't know why he went with I chipped my tooth because it's the weird like I that's a verifiable thing like ev- yeah everybody standing there should have immediately gone bullshit let me see yeah let me or like the person if you were kissing somebody and they chipped their tooth you would notice and you would have an immediate visceral reaction you wouldn't be like silent about it and then just think to yourself oh i'm gonna leave a shitty rating for this kiss yeah and then here's the biggest thing savannah with seven girls in the house and she's got nick right now decides she's gonna make a play on dom savannah is the one that was strategizing yeah was in the strategy couple with nick okay yeah she's gonna make a play on dom she goes and talks to dom's like Hey, you know, blah, 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 blah. Dom's matched with um, Francesca, the one that still, okay. still okay. the one that everybody wants. Most famously, Nick being gross about it. Yeah, she goes and talks to Dom, and Dom says, "Oh, you know, I'm with Francesca. We're matches right now. I'm seeing that out. I'm not really, you know, looking to." It feels at this point a little disloyal to Francesca to shake things up like that. And uh, Savannah's like, all right, cool. Until uh, uh, Francesca catches wind that that's that's what happened and just starts a huge fight with Savannah about it. And like goes over, like pulls Savannah aside, yells at Savannah about it and then walks away. And, and goes and sits with the other girls. And then um, Savannah has to follow her and sit down and be like, like, are we going to have a conversation? Or are you just going to like yell at me and run? <laughs> and and uh, like, they're both getting a little passive aggressive. But uh, Francesca's like going like, I don't know what you're doing with my man and all this. And Savannah's like, he's not your man. And she's like, like, you don't talk to him. And Savannah's like, this TV show is literally about what I just did. What are you talking about? <laughs> and then as retribution, Savannah goes back to talk to Dom again. And the uh, show ends with Francesca looking over at them talking and going, Dom, and then shaking her head like, no. So Francesca is a little intimidated and controlling and I hope she goes home. <laughs> Drama, dude. I'll I'll update us again next week. At some point. <laughs> I don't know if this idea plays out, but it's the idea that popped into my head. If you want to stop watching this show, this is what you need to do. One of these weeks when you're giving your 
a perfect match update, don't watch the episode and make one up. If I can tell you're making it up, you got to keep watching. All right. If you slip it past me. (laughs) We we just got to get Sarah's sign off on this. (laughs) That's fair. If you slip it past me, though, or I incorrectly tell you, but like call bullshit, you can stop watching right then. All right. I like it. We'll get some sign off on that. Sure. (laughs) Let's see. My first ep- my first note is how many episodes are there of this show? And then um Shane in a crop top. Shane was crazy eyes, right? Yeah. Okay. Shane talking about uh sex addi- addiction and then says define sex addict and somebody says you're addicted to sex. <laughs> and he goes I don't know. I like sex. I haven't had it in eight months, but. Sweet Jesus, that man. Yeah, uh, he's going to go home eventually. He's getting um, dumped by Inez next episode, I'm sure. I'm shocked she connected with him in the first place because it wasn't he. I know he was the one that was like fucking around with his crotch while he was talking to a woman. And I was pretty sure that that was Inez. Yeah. So it was a little shocking that she said, yeah, all right, I'll match up with you. Who did they bring in? They brought in Izzy from Australia. She was in, I think, Love is Blind. She matches with, or she gets set on a date with Nick. They uh, get along really well. So he's feeling out. Does he want to keep with Savannah, whose things aren't going anywhere with? And Savannah, Savannah's going like, oh, I could just like, you know, flirt with Nick a little bit and bring him back to my side. But then she decides to go after Dom. So now he's got Izzy, but he's also connecting with Inez. And those two are like starting to spark up. He, he described this as a good problem to have. As opposed to the many bad problems that he very clearly has. Right. Like Because, I mean, he's guaranteed a... He's guaranteed a woman. So <laughs> this is this you is what the show is. Okay. I could have, but this is what the show's doing to me, dude. I I'm such a sleaze I feel like such a sleaze bag. <laughs> I'm indo- by the end of this, I'm gonna be indoctrinated. I'm just gonna be like broing it up. Like these guys, they, they, they had a workout conversation, the men, <laughs> talking about how, like, one of them thinks bulking is bullshit and it's just an excuse to be able to eat a bunch of crap and stuff like that. Uh-huh. That's what I'm turning into. That does explain why you were talking about cutting uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> before we started recording. Uh, so th- they bring in Izzy and then they bring in... Somebody, I don't even know if I wrote it down because it just did not. Oh, it's oh, it's Georgia. Um, who goes on a date with Chase because Chase gets to pick. Chase was one of the in the couple that gets to pick. Uh, who comes into the house? So he picked somebody for himself, and he picked uh Georgia, who I think. Was it her? Or is he one of them? Asked the asked the guy that she's on a date with what their sex vibe is like. 
What does that question even fucking mean? Well, the answer was not too kinky. And then, let's see here. Oh, here's a note. We might have made this joke before. I think that it would be funny were I single if I were like on this show. So it was just like all these attractive 20-somethings and then a 40-year-old guy with a big beard. Like a dumpy 40-year-old with a big beard who's just like, hey, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking for love. <laughs> In all the wrong places. <laughs> Who wants to match with me tonight? <laughs> I can sleep on the couch. <laughs> yep, pretty much. All right, want to wrap it up? This could be a short episode because I can't. I'm pretty sure every time we end up watching a show like this that we enjoy so much that all we want to do is just talk about the sketches we liked, they end up short episodes. Yeah, thank you. I goodness. think you should leave this. There was something else semi-recently. It doesn't fucking matter. Thank goodness for perfect match. Th- See, I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> Here's to hoping for season two of Perfect Match. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Michael. Am I listening to myself? <laughs> Thanks for listening to Michael's descent into brohood and insanity, also known as the episode one podcast with Michael and Eric. If you liked it. <laughs> I'm completely off my game on that one. Uh, check out our website. It's episode1podcast.com or follow us on Twitter at podcast episode one. If you like the show, leave a rating or review. What? It's still recording. I'm just pointing out like we're going to do this. <laughs> but, but then you fucked it up. <laughs> and you kicked the cable out from the thing. Now it just feels like a thing where we just have to record on the laptop mic. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Leave a rating or review or don't. I, I mean, I don't know at this point. Yeah, coward. <laughs> I don't know. The the one listener that's still listening to this episode um, is probably just really hoping, is really looking forward to your descent into brohood. Yeah. Mo, if you're still listening, leave us a comment so we know you're all right and you didn't malfunction. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs>